Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Bible, if you've got it with you or on your, on your uh, iPhone or whatever it might be, have a look with me to uh, 2 Kings. And uh, I'm just going to share something from a, from a story. I've changed up what I was going to do this morning a little bit, but I want to share with you this story that I thought God showed me something um, just uh, recently, 2 Kings chapter 4. And I'm reading from New King James in verse 8. Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem or Shunem, dependent on where you grew up. There was a notable woman, means a noble or a mighty woman. And she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, Look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room in the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes to the house, he can turn in there. And it happened one day that he came there and he turned into the upper room and lay down there. Then he said to Gehazi or Gehazi, his servant, call the Shumanite woman. When he had called her, she stood before him and he said to him, Say now to her, look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. In other words, she said, I don't, I don't need you to, to do that for me. So he said to her, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son. And her husband is old. So he said, call her. When he called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. She's freaking out. She's like, that can't possibly happen. You know, my man's old. (laughs) I don't know if he was there when she said it, but I'll be like, hey, you know, like. (laughs) <laughs> but when but the woman conceived and bore a son and when the appointed time had come when the appointed time had come of which Elisha had told her and the child grew now it happened one day that when he went out to his father to the reapers and he said to the father my head my head he goes out he's working with his father in the field this is the son he's gotten a little bit old he's working in the field and he he gets an aching ache in his head. So he said to the servant, carry him to his mother when he had taken him and brought him to the mother. She sat him on her knees till noon and then he died. She went up and laid him on the bed. The man of God shut the door upon him and went out. I'm going to stop there and and for sake of time. But what happens, um, she puts him on the bed. He's dead. And then she she goes and she gets... um, she gets the man of God, Elisha, and says, come back. And Elisha comes back. And if you know the story further on, it says that Elisha laid down on top of the boy and the boy rose up um, and, and he's risen from the dead. But it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing, uh, amazing story. And there's some things in this story that I think that if we apply to our life, it will so impact our walk with God. And I believe um, unlock some great revelations and things that God has for us in order to take us, I believe, to another level in our walk with God. 
This woman, the Bible says that at the start, it says that she was a notable woman. She was mighty. She was blessed. She had some things. She, was, um, she had influence. It says that when he offered and said, listen, can I talk to the, to the, to the commander of the army on your behalf? She said, it's all good. I'm, I'm, connect, I'm connected. I don't, I don't need that. But what we see in this woman is this woman recognized that there was a man of God passing by her house. This woman, she recognized that not only was there a man of God passing by her house, but she made a decision that she didn't want to just let this man of God pass her by. But she made a decision that she wanted to create some space in her life so that the man of God would not just pass her by, that the man of God would actually come and dwell in her house. It's a powerful picture for us, I believe, as a church, as this represents moments. This was the man of God passing by her house was a moment where if she had to let it happen, she could have talked to her friends later and said, listen, Elisha went past my house today, I saw him. It was, a, it was a moment of the man of God just passing by. It reflect, I think it, it, it's representative for us of those moments that we can have in our walk with God. Maybe for you it was a long time ago. Maybe for you it was a moment when you got saved years ago and you felt that presence of God, that touch of God. I'll never forget the moment that I truly, really encountered the presence of God. I'd heard people talk about encountering God. I'd been in church before. I'd been around different things, but deep within my heart, you know, I even sort of talked the talk a little bit with people. You know, and people talk about an encounter and I would pretend like I knew what they were talking about because I'd been around church before and I felt like that's how you meant to talk. But deep down in my heart, I hadn't really had that true, that true tangible encounter with His presence. Funnily enough, it wasn't until I ran away from God and, and, and tried doing life on my own. And then through this encounter with God in, in my, the, the, the deepest pit of, of my darkest moment and brokenness, I cried out to God and I said, God, if you're real, I did what I was talking about before I got vulnerable. It's funny that sometimes for us to get vulnerable, we have to go through all hell and brokenness before we get to that place of real hunger for His presence. Why is it in us humans, we, we wait until things get so bad before we cry out to Him and say, God, I want Your touch, I want Your presence. But it's, it's these, these moments. I remember I, I had that moment where I first encountered His presence. But not only did I encounter His presence from that moment, I made a decision that I was not going to allow the presence of God, that encounter with God, I was not going to allow that thing to be in my life just a passing moment. Just a moment where I would wait for the next conference to happen. Just a moment where I would wait for the worship team to sing that particular little lick in that particular song. Just a moment where I wait for that preacher to be here or just a moment. But I made a decision that I was going to rearrange. See, this is what this woman did. She said, I'm not just going to let this man of God pass my house by and just settle for a moment. I'm going to orchestrate some things and rearrange some things 
things in my house to create space so it's not just a moment, it becomes a lifestyle. I made that decision. When I had that encounter with God, I fell so in love with the touch of His presence in my heart that overwhelmed me that I said, you know what? I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to rearrange my life just a little bit because I don't want Him to pass me by. I want Him to dwell in my house. I want His presence to dwell in my house. I need His presence in my life, in my heart. I can't just sit back and let the preacher talk about how the Holy Spirit moved in him. I can't just sit back and just just hear another message about someone else encountering God. I need Him in my house. I need Him in my place. I need Him to dwell in my heart. I need to know what it is to carry His presence. She made this decision. She was, listen, she was, the Bible says she was a notable woman. She was blessed. Don't let the blessing you have so clutter your life that you can't create some space for His presence. Don't let God give you so much influence and so much favour with people and so many opportunities that you don't, you didn't create the space where you got on your knees in the morning and said, God, if you don't touch me today, I can't do this on my own. Don't let your life get, get so full of things, so full of, of stuff and just Things don't don't get so caught up. I'm not. I'm, listen, I'm not preaching against being blessed. I believe it. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. If you can, if you are blessed to drive a nice car, drive the nicest car you can. I think it's awesome. I think walking in blessing is a testimony to the goodness of God. But what I am saying is, don't let the things in your life or the love of the things in your life become so great that when you go to the upper room to try and make some space for God, you don't want to move things around. You don't want to... You don't want to create space. You don't want to, don't, don't let the business, listen, God will touch your business, businessmen and women. And I believe that. And I want to see you blessed. And I want to see you get more work than you can handle. But don't let business get so busy that when it comes to Sunday morning, you say, you know what? I can't get to church. The week has just been too crazy. There's just too much going on. I just can't, man, I'm busy, man. We got things going on. I can't. It's crazy how the things that, that we can get in our life, sometimes it, it clutters our life. The greatest thing you can do is, 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 is rearrange. I felt God speaking to me even this morning. Rearrange some things in your life to create space for the Lord to dwell and to remain. She made space. She was this woman. It speaks to me as a heart of someone that knows what it is to, to be in love with the presence of God, of someone that knows what it is to be a worshipper. She made that decision. And, and, and it's funny that, that, that when she did it, her focus, she did with all of the things that she had and blessings she had, she did have a need. She had a need that was so great. I don't know why she doesn't mention it. But she's so focused 
on creating space in her life. She's so focused on creating space for the man of God or creating space for the encounter with God that she, she forgets to bring up her need. I think there's a powerful lesson in that because I think for us so often we can be, sometimes we can be consumed with the things we have, but then sometimes we can be consumed with the things that we don't have. That when we come to God, we're coming to God with a list of our needs. We're coming to God and God's saying, listen, I'll deal with all of that, but I want you to create space first in your life so that I can dwell in your life. So my presence can dwell in your life. Don't get so consumed in the things that you need God to do for you that you forget what it is to worship Him first. The Bible says when Matthew talked about what, when, when Jesus talked in Matthew, sorry, to the disciples about how to pray. He said, begin by saying this, hallowed be your name. Before you start talking about what you need, if you would lift up my name first and if you would worship me first, I'll deal, I'll deal with all of the stuff. I'll take care of all of the things. But if you come to me with a heart that says, God, I want to worship you first and I trust you and do whatever it is that you want to do. It's a heart of saying, God, I'm creating space in my life. I'm not going to let my needs consume my focus. And look at what happens when she did that. When she made that decision to say, you know what, I'm creating space. The man of God, she didn't have to bring up her need. The man of God came to her as if to say, because you're a worshipper, because you created space, because I can see what your heart is, what can I now do for you? That's what God will do in your life. When God sees that I can trust you, I know your heart's in the right place. The Bible says that we have to seek first the kingdom of God. The word seek in the Greek means to worship. God's looking for people that know what it is to worship Him in a blessed place and worship Him in a place of need. To worship Him when we got everything that we, we covered and we got everything we want and to worship Him when all hell's breaking loose. God is looking for people that will put Him first in everything. And look, what happens, they come, the, the, the Bible says that the man of God asked her through his servants, said, what, what can I do for you? And she said, she said, I don't, I don't have a son. Well, she, they found out that she didn't have a son. And then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. I read that this morning. I felt the Holy Spirit told me to write down the date today and believe that this time next year. And I felt to say that to some people, maybe it's not for everyone here, but this time next year, write the date down on your calendar. I wrote it down on mine this morning. It falls on a Monday. This time next year, you're going to look back and you are going to be amazed at what God has done in your family, what God has done in your business. That's for someone here, if you've got the faith to grab that as a word for you and say, I'm going to look back in a year's time and it's not going to be the same. He said, this time next year. But then look, look at what happens. She gets the miracle. I mean, it happens. And it's awesome. She has a son. And as you read the story, it goes on. 
the story continues. The son grows up and the son's out in the field with his dad. And he says in, in the scripture, it said his, his head started to hurt. So the dad did, does what all good dads do. He takes him to his mother. And the Bible said that the son, the son died. Don't be surprised when the enemy comes out to attack the thing that God blessed you with. Don't get so caught up in what God blessed you with that you forget to guard and protect every single thing that God pours into your lap. The enemy hates blessing. The enemy hates it when God pours out upon you and the enemy will come after it. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. That's why it's so powerful when you plead the blood of Jesus over your family. When you get that business, don't get so caught up and running around telling everyone how great, cover that business. Don't get so so excited about the work that's coming in, continue to cover it, pray over it. My dad is an attorney and he tells stories of when he would go early hours into his, he had a law firm, he would go into his law firm all early hours before anyone showed up and he would go around and he would anoint with oil every one of the telephones in his law firm. He said, God, I pray that every phone call comes through is blessed. I pray that every conversation is blessed. Listen, it's powerful when you don't get soaked, don't get so caught up in what God's given you that you forget to pray. Cover it with the blood of Jesus. Pray it over your kids. Pray the blood of Jesus surround them. Pray the Lord would cover that marriage. You see married people and they get married and it's awesome. It's like, man, we got married and we're taking little selfies on the honeymoon and we get, listen, it's all happening. We're looking in shape because we worked on that honeymoon beach bod. Come on, we're all tanned up. We're taking selfies. It looks awesome. It's a pretty picture. But what happens is you can get caught up in the moment. Like, man, look at what God has done. And then you blink and out of nowhere, out of nowhere, all of a sudden, all hell came against you. Why? Because the enemy hates God's blessing upon your life. And don't get so busy enjoying the blessing that you forget to cover it. And so what happens in this story? She, she, uh, the, the, the boy dies, but look at this. I love this woman because he dies. I mean, I mean, he's not, he doesn't just get sick. He's dead. It's, it's over in the natural. It's finished. It's, this is a, well, I mean, we, we, we pass over this so quickly in the story. I want you to remind yourself of this woman's journey. Man, she made room for God, this This need she had, she put it aside. She created space. She created that room for the presence of God to come and dwell. Then God blessed her. Then she had a kid. The kid comes. And then all of a sudden, it's dead. It looks hopeless in the natural. There is no, when it's dead, when it's, when he's sick, there's a glimmer of hope because he's not dead yet. But when he's dead, there's no hope. But look at what this woman does. The Bible says that she takes the dead body. What would you do in the natural, the the normal thing, the normal natural thing to do would be to take that dead situation, that dead body to accept it. It's life. This is what happens. And you would go and you would bury him. 
You would, it would, you would finish it. You would, I want to speak to some people that it's, it's dead in the natural and you're on your way to bury it. You're on your way to solidify it and say, you know what, it's done. I'm finished. But I want to tell you, don't look at what this shit is. She didn't take it to get buried. Remember what happened at the start? She created space for the encounter. And the Bible says that she took the dead body, the dead boy, her dead son, her dead dream, the miracle that God had done and now it's taken from it. She takes that miracle back to that same room and she lays that dead situation down in that same room, in that place of encounter. She took what was dead and she allowed what was dead to take her back to that place of worship. Back to that place of encounter. See, too often we allow the bad situations in our life to pull us away from where we need to be running toward. That's her, that's her encounter. That's where the Lord was dwelling through the man of God. That speaks of the place of worship. That speaks of the place of encountering His presence. When the situation died, when the situation was over, she picked up that situation and she carried it to a place of encounter. Don't allow the difficult situations, don't allow the dead things in your life cause you to pull back from God because it doesn't make sense. Don't allow the difficulties, the challenges, allow the difficult things, the dead things to fuel your hunger for the presence of God. Allow the difficult things and the things that don't make sense and, and the things that hurt you and the bitterness and the pain and, and the things that people have done to you and allow all of those things to fuel you, your passion for that encounter with God to say, God, I know it doesn't make sense, but I know where to go. I've got to go to that dwelling place of your presence and say, God, I need your touch right now. How many people walked away from God? Because they got hurt. Walked away from God because bitterness came in. Because they lost a loved one. It didn't make sense because a marriage breakdown happened. They went through a divorce. They went through a, a business breakdown, bankruptcy, bitterness, hurt. It didn't make sense. And because of it, he created this separation and now you're stuck over here trying to work it out and you're angry with God and upset and it's pulled you away from God. You've got to allow that thing to drive you to that place to say, God, I, this, this is the time when I need your touch. This is the time where I need your presence. This is the time where I need the Holy Spirit to come and give me peace. This is the time I want to tell you, if you can use it, you'll have some of the most powerful encounters with God when you're going through a dark place, when you're going through a difficult place. But it's that decision you've got to make. Where are you taking? Where are you taking what's dead? The Bible says that she took it. She took the dead situation. She took her dead boy and it says she laid him. She laid him on the bed. What was she doing? She was preparing for her miracle. This woman, she's got, I mean, this woman's got some faith. She says it's dead right now, but it's not about to be. 
I'm, I'm ready. I'm expecting. I've got something stirring in my heart. I know it looks like hell. I know it doesn't make sense, but I'm preparing. God's about to do something. I feel that in my heart this morning. God, God's about to do something. You've got to know what it is. You've got to speak it out over your family. Speak it out. I know it's bad. I know it's dead. But God's about to do something. God's about to turn around. God's about to speak life. God's about to bless it. God's about to touch it. God's about to restore it. God's about to do a miracle. You've got to speak it out. God is about to turn it around. It's a hard thing sometimes. But I want to tell you, church, and I feel faith in my heart right now. I'm telling you, God's about to turn it around. You've got to get ready. Prepare. Prepare. Get ready. Do what you've got to do. Get ready because God's about to do it. This woman, she said, I'm not, I'm not burying this kid. I'm getting him ready. I'm laying him on the bed. God's about to raise him up. God's about to touch it. Something powerful in this picture. And then she says this. She says to her husband, I mean, this dude sounds like a bit of a deadbeat to me, but you be the judge. She says to him, listen. And then she called her husband and said, please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. Her husband says to her, why are you going to him today? It's neither the new moon or the Sabbath. Idiot. That's a, one of those moments, husbands, where you know, you, you know when you say something and as you're saying it, you wish to the Lord Jesus Christ you never said it because you can already see your wife turning you and giving you that, that look. There's lots of looks they give you, but then there's that look. And you're like, oh, Jesus, backpedal. No, 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 I didn't mean that. I meant like, this is what happens. She says, get me this donkey. I'm going to go get the man of God. But look, look at what he says. This is not the time. She needs a miracle. She needs God to show up. This dude starts talking religion. He says, it's not, this is not the month. That's what this was. He's, he's talking about the new moon nor the Sabbath. See, that's what religion will do. Religion will say, I know you want an encounter, but now's not the place. Religion will say, I know you're hungry for the presence of God. But this is not how, this is, it's, you know, this is Orange County. I mean, we do it a bit more chill. I know, you're, I know there's a stirring in your heart for the Holy Spirit, but religion will say, this is not how we do it here. You've got you to tone it down a little bit. But when you get a heart that says, God, I want more of you, you won't care about what religion says. Look at, look at, look at what this, she says. I love this woman's response. She's so polite. He says, it's neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she looks at her husband and she says, it is well. You, can I tell you what that code for? That's code for shut your stupid mouth. I'm mad to slap you. That's what that means. 
See, that's, that's how, that's what you need to do when that spirit of religion starts to come up inside you and says, settle down, tone down, don't get hungry for the supernatural, don't get passionate about a touch of God, don't believe for the Holy Spirit. You gotta know what the whole, what, what it is to look the devil in the face and say, it is well. It is well. He'll know what that means when you look the devil and say, it's well. Back down, pipe down devil. I know what I'm going for. I know what I'm believing for. It's well. God's about to do something in my life. It's well. God's stirring in my heart a hunger for the Holy Spirit. It's well. Some of you are gonna get that tenacity in your spirit that says, I need an encounter with God and I need it today. Someone give God praise like He's about to do something in your life. It's well, it's well. She saddles a donkey and she takes off. She gets the man of God. He comes back. He lays down and God does a miracle. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what is happening in your life. But I do know that when you make space for the presence of God, when you make space for that encounter, what you do is you are, you're welcoming the Holy Spirit into your life. The Bible says in the Old Testament, when God spoke to Moses about building a tabernacle, it was a tabernacle of worship. And God said to Moses, I want you to build his tabernacle so that I can dwell. See, it's a picture. This is a picture for us. It's an example for us of what the presence of God is attracted to. You can live a lifestyle that will attract the presence of God. And God will start to show up in your life and start to do some things and change some things in your life. But you've got to make that decision. There's some sacrifices that we make to attract the presence of God in our life. Sometimes it's sometimes there's some decisions that we gotta make. There's some some things that we gotta not do. There's some things that we gotta do. There's some some people we can't hang out with. There's some people we need to get around. It's about making strategic decisions that are is about orchestrating things in your life. That I'm not talking about legalism or religion. But I'm talking about a heart that says, you know what? I gotta, I wanna create space. There's things that, I, that you know, I was talking with my wife that there's things I, I don't, this is practical stuff, but I don't listen to anything that I wanna listen to. I know it's old, I know it's not popular, I know it's old school, and say what you want with it. And I'm not preaching again. I'm not saying all secular music is bad or anything like that. But what I am saying, I know, I know what my heart is. And I don't, I, I want to, it's not about, it's not the difference between being good and bad. It's the difference between being good and great. And if you want to be someone that carry the presence, I want to be someone that carries the presence of God. 
I cannot, I don't want to just, just do routine. Jesus didn't come and hang on a cross so that we can just do routine, do church, do just what everyone does because it's the culture. It's just, it's a Christian nation. God is crying out for a people that will stand up. They say, we want to carry your presence. We want your touch. We want to carry the Holy Spirit. We want to see you do supernatural things in and through us. But church, I want to tell you, for some of you, it's time to make some decisions to rearrange some things in your life. It won't be popular. The hardest challenge will be when it's not popular with your Christian friends. The world, we, we get used to, we're cool. We tell our, our, our non-Christian friends to, to get lost for a little bit, but it's our, it's our Christian friends that we sometimes want to appease. We got to say, you know what? I've got to, it's time for me to create some space. It's time for me to create. Maybe it's getting up just a little bit earlier in the morning and just getting with God. Businessman, businesswoman, I know you're busy. I know there's a lot going on, but create, create some space. Maybe it's little things. Maybe it's not listening to the the radio on the way to work every morning. Maybe it's getting some worship. Maybe it's getting a podcast, whatever it is you've got to do. But create some space for His presence. The Holy Spirit is attracted to a worshipper. Whatever you're doing, where you can be anywhere, you can be in a gym working out, you can be driving. To, but if you put on some worship, I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit will find wherever you are. If something goes off in heaven, the Holy Spirit, He's a worshipper and He'll come down and He will find you running on your treadmill down at LA Fitness and you'll have an encounter with God. But you gotta, you got to create some space. And this is where I want to do church. I feel... God's stirring me and I, I, I want us to respond this morning. You don't have to. Everyone's on their journey and there's no judgment. There's no nothing here, condemnation. But I want to do something this morning. Can we all stand to our feet? The band can come. We're going to finish. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.